You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. So the presentation, simple presentation of the gospel saves us, but we need more than that. Look at your neighbor and say, you need more than that. We need to grow in grace, and the only way we can grow in grace is to be rooted and grounded in doctrine and theology. Listen, the gospel will save you, but it's theology and doctrine that will root or anchor you during times of temptation. Have you ever thought about what happens after you accept Jesus? You completed the first steps, confessing your sins and asking for Jesus to be your Savior. But what's next? In today's message, Pastor Dion discusses how salvation is more than just accepting Jesus. Your salvation needs to be nurtured throughout your life. You do that by attending church, surrounding yourself with other believers, and spending time in His Word. Once you accept Jesus, you need to grow in your relationship with Him. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 14 as he continues his message, Got Faith? See, the Jews didn't want to share God's favor with the Gentiles. So they pressured the city leaders to have Paul and Barnabas evicted from their city. That they were no longer welcome. Here a wonderful thing is happening, a revival, an awakening to God. And yet, these Jews don't want to share God's favor with the Gentiles. So they pressure the city leaders. They have Paul and Barnabas evicted. You're no longer welcome. So as Paul and Barnabas, you know, end up passing the city limit sign, they, they might have sang that popular pop song that says, you know, a hater's going to hate, 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 but I'm going to shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. Everybody said what? Shake it off. I mean, Taylor Swift knows, knows that you'll never be shook up if you learn to shake it off. You're having some persecution. You're having some troubles. People are ridiculing you. People are making fun of you. People are criticizing you. Hey, listen, you will never be shook up if you learn how to shake it off. Everybody said, I'll shake it off. All right. So Paul and Barnabas, that's what they did. They shook the dust off their feet and they moved on in the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit to the next city called Iconium, which was 85 miles from where they were at. So they get evicted, shake it off. We're not stopping now. We're going. So they keep going. They go to Iconium. Let's read chapter 14 and verse 1. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. Alright, so they leave this place called Antioch, big city. Now they move on to the next biggest city, which is this place called Iconium. Now Paul and Barnabas, their first stop in this city Iconium was the synagogue. 
Because we all know Paul has a motto, preaching to the Jews first and then the Gentiles, right? That's his motto. So they go to the synagogue where the Jews are. Well, both Paul and Barnabas spoke there and they captivated their audience. Don't you love it when you hear a message that just kind of grabs your ears and pulls you in? Don't you love it when that happens? Well, Paul and Barnabas captivated their audience. The message said that, actually the passage said that they spoke, Paul and Barnabas did, in such a way that many Jews and Gentiles believed. They spoke in such a way. Can you say that out loud? They spoke in such a way. Paul and Barnabas must have followed that old KISS principle when you speak. The KISS principle is, everybody, keep it simple with spirit, all right? I know what you wanted to say because all of you remember it. Keep it simple, but we're not that. That's not who we are. Keep it simple with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul and Barnabas, that's what they did. They got to the synagogue. They began speaking. They captivated the audience because they were keeping it simple with the Spirit of God. In fact, Paul shared his method about communicating with one of his audiences. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, listen to what Paul said in verse 4. He said, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome, guys? So he did that. Listen, theology and doctrine doesn't save, okay? It's the simple presentation of the gospel in concert with the power of the Holy Spirit that saves us, isn't it? It's the Holy Spirit working in you, prompting you, bringing you, prodding you, and it's in concert with the teaching, the simple teaching of God's Word that you go, aha, I get it. I need to be saved. I need to change. I need to grow. I need to connect. Can you say amen? amen. Now, not theology or doctrine, but the simple teaching of God's Word. The simple truth of the Gospel opens doors to revelation, inspiration, faith, and salvation. Here's the statement, guys. The Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Say it with me. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's so awesome. But before you leave thinking that doctrine and theology are irrelevant or unnecessary, let's continue the text. All right, chapter 14 and verse 2. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas' preaching grabbed their attention and was making believers out of many people, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders be done by their hands." So pretty cool. So Paul and Barnabas go. They're sharing a simple message. People are responding. And in the midst of an obvious spiritual awakening, 
the jealous Jews shut things down again. They're refuting and discouraging and slandering what Paul and Barnabas are doing. You know, Paul and Barnabas' enemy wasn't sitting bull. It was spreading bull, if you know what I'm saying. But Paul and Barnabas, as this was happening, didn't cut and run. They didn't leave the new believers to figure out Christian life for themselves. They didn't. They didn't, just, they didn't go home and play Jeopardy with Alexa, you know, and just hang out there. They didn't leave the, the, those new believers vese modo, as they say. It said they stayed a long time. Say it out loud, what? They stayed a long time. So there they go to the synagogue, they share a simple message in the power of the Holy Spirit. People responded, they believed, both Gentiles, mostly Gentiles and some Jews, they respond. But then this division starts. This poison starts getting, you know, they start being slandered. But they don't cut and run, they stayed there for a long time. In other words, Paul and Barnabas helped the new Gentile believers grow in grace. They helped them get rooted and grounded in theology and doctrine. So the presentation, simple presentation of the gospel saves us, but we need more than that. Look at your neighbor and say, you need more than that. We need to grow in grace. And the only way we can grow in grace is to be rooted and grounded in doctrine and theology. Listen, the gospel will save you, but it's theology and doctrine that will root or anchor you during times of temptation and trouble and trials. You guys hear me? In fact, it's the teaching of God's Word that will root you that will strengthen you, that will reinforce you. The gospel message will save you, but it's the teaching of God's Word that will root you and strengthen you so that you can stand during difficult times in your life. Can you say amen? In fact, Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So I'm going to pause right there and say this. So God send us pastors and teachers like Barnabas and Saul to help us grow in grace, to teach us God's Word so that we will grow and become like Christ, that we will measure up to Christ. Can you say amen? Isn't that awesome? But then he goes on and he says this. So that there will no longer be, we will no longer be immature like children so that we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So Paul and Barnabas brought the message of salvation. People responded and were saved. But it isn't enough 
Even though they were being slandered, they stayed there to help these people grow in grace. Paul and Barnabas taught these new believers in Galatia. And then our Scripture text says that God confirmed their teachings with signs and wonders. Say it out loud with what? Signs and wonders. So as they stayed there teaching, God did some wonderful things in their midst. Signs and wonders. Say it again. What? Signs and wonders. And listen, we're not talking about slain in the Spirit or Holy Ghost laughter. Those, those things aren't anywhere in the Bible. The wonders and signs that these guys experienced were answered prayers, healings, restored relationships. And the biggest sign and wonder of all is this. Everybody say it out loud. What? Transformed lives. Say it again. Transformed lives. Anger to joyful. Vengeful to forgiving. Stingy to generous. Hateful to loving. Sinner to saint. Those are the results of God's Word in a person's life. I'm going to say that again because it's pretty impressive. Anger to joyful, vengeful to forgiving, stingy to generous, hateful to loving, sinner to saint. Those are the results of God's Word in a person's life. A godly diet will produce a godly person. You'll become a wonder. People just will look at you and they'll scratch their head and they can't believe the change. You'll become a sign that points to the life-changing Savior. That's what it is. It's awesome. Well, a strong and vibrant church was established during this time by Paul and Barnabas there in Iconium. All right, so they stayed, even though this slander was going around, they stayed and they taught the people and they rooted and they grounded them in faith to look like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, to follow Jesus. And as the church grew, so did the division in the city of Iconium. Let's read it. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews who were fighting with Paul and Barnabas and slandering them, and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. So as the church was growing, Paul and, and Barnabas are, are, are growing people in Christ. As the people are growing, so was the division. Much like the political tensions in our country, Iconium became a city divided. But the hot potato in Iconium wasn't a border wall or sanctuary cities or Russian collusion. It was whether Gentiles could be part of salvation. Some sided with Paul and Barnabas and said yes. Others stood with the Jews. No way! The tension became so great that a violent plot was arranged to have Paul and Barnabas stoned. And I have to follow that up with rocks because of our culture. Stoned with rocks. When Paul and Barnabas found out about this plot to have them stoned and killed, they followed Kenny Rogers' advice. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You know? Kind of like the story. You know, in other words, Paul and Barnabas conceded. 
He said, you know, it, this, this is getting too dangerous, too violent, so they conceded. Kind of like the story of John Wesley, a, a preacher from the 1700s and part of the great reformation of Christian life. Well, you know, while he was pastoring in his city, there was a bully in that town that hated John and his church. Tried to make his life miserable. Well, one day the bully was riding on his wagon, you know, and, and, and John Wesley, he met John Wesley in the road. And John Wesley, you know, the man just stood there right in the middle of the road, didn't try to swerve a little bit, make any room, he just stood there. So John Wesley, you know, he just, he just conceded. He, he pulled his wagon over into the ditch a little bit, got out of the way. As the bully passed, he looked at John Wesley and said, I never move, my, I, I never move out of the way for fools. John Wesley says, I always do. Paul and Barnabas conceded. They let the fools go ahead. They, they had already established a, a wonderful church. So Paul and Barnabas ran. They hightailed it to Lystra. Now, now guys, everybody say the name of the city. What? Lystra. Now, Lystra was a small village nestled in the Galatian mountains. All right, kind of like Cordova or Truchas here. You know, it's a small little community nestled in the mountains of Galatia. There wasn't a Jewish synagogue there, so Paul kick-started an open-air sermon there in Lystra, and that's when things got interesting. Everybody say, what, God, what? Let's read it. They got to Lystra when they were preaching the gospel there, and in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. So Paul gets to Lystra. He kickstarts an open-air sermon. There's no synagogue, so he just gets in the middle of the city, in the middle of a little town, and starts sharing about Jesus. In Paul's audience was a man who was born paralyzed. Paul's message began to ignite faith in him. You see, the Bible says that faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Say it aloud. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. So this man was in the audience hearing Paul preach and Paul recognized that the man had faith to be healed because his message was inspiring faith. You know, I can recognize people whose faith is being stimulated by the teaching. You know, they're drinking in the words with excitement. They're drinking in the words with anticipation. See, avid listeners... Or I should say it this way, avid listening will result in active faith. And active faith will result in amazing miracles like healings and revelation and insight and encouragement and inspiration and salvation. I'm going to say it again, okay? Avid listening will result in active faith. An active faith will result in amazing miracles like healing and revelation, you know, aha, and insight and encouragement and inspiration and salvation. Do you got faith? If not, start some avid listening. 
Jesus urged the disciples and us, He urged them to do this. Put attention. Remember when your parents used to say that? Put attention. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. Put attention. Here's how Jesus said it. Jesus said it this way. He that have ears to hear, let him hear. The paralyzed man was in the audience hearing Paul's preaching, and it ignited faith. The paralyzed man had his catchers out, and Paul could tell that the guy was about to pop with faith. That guy was straddling like a third trimester pregnant woman with twins. You know what I'm saying? He just, oh! Paul looked at him, filled with faith. Paul looked at him and shouted, Stand up! Say it out loud. What? Stand up! And the man, without a thought, leaped and walked. He leaped and walked. I, I bet that guy was as happy as a four-year-old with a bag of Pop Rocks, man. I, <laughs> yes! Listen, you might be paralyzed like the man in the story. Not physically, but spiritually. Maybe it's fear, anxiety, and doubt that has you handicapped. Maybe it's sin, guilt, shame that has you handicapped. Well, here's your wake-up call this morning. Stand up and be free. Stand up and be saved. Stand up and be healed. Be healed from a strained marriage, from a divorce, you know, from a, a, a divided family. Stand up and be healed from an impossible addiction. Stand up and be free. Stand up. Here's the last verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Read it with me. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promises. So stand up. Stand up and be free. Stand up and be healed. Stand up and be saved. I need more faith. Do some active listening. The active listening will create some encouraging faith and some amazing miracles. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to You. Many folks in our congregation, Lord, You love each one of them. And some of them yet struggle with things that are handicapping them, keeping them from walking close to You, walking in step with You. And my prayer is, Father, that Your healing will begin to happen. That their faith would be inspired. And Lord, that they would stand up in faith and allow You to strengthen them and to make them brand new. A new creation in Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. 
What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. Show in the deeds we sow, let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we